Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the Wildcat Alley podcast. Alex Margatulio, our boy Juice Thompson. We also have a, a special guest on the pod today, the one and only Wildcat legend, Drew Crawford. Thanks for joining us, my boy. Um, man, thank you for having me. I'm of happy course, man. On. We got an exciting yeah, episode. Honor, Obviously, man. we're going we're gonna to chop it up with you. Uh, talk to you about your, you know, your career, what's happening overseas, what you're up to now. And then obviously, you know, the meat and potatoes, everything is Northwestern's uh, Cinderella season. It continues, right? We've we've locked in that number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, we have an exciting week, uh, a college basketball head and, you know, most importantly, Big Ten basketball. So we'll definitely break that down for everybody. Uh, give us give our opinions on how the Cats outlook looks moving forward. And then, you know, obviously we'll get into some some fun stories about when we were playing together. So looking forward to an exciting episode. Uh, Juice, you were obviously out on the West Coast this week with the fam, uh, showing the kids some love at the Warriors game. So you know, walk us through that and uh, talk about how your weekend went. Yeah, man, it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, wanted to get the kids out of school for a few days and, you know, take them on the West Coast. My youngest is, you know, one of the biggest Steph Curry fans there is in the world. So even though he didn't play, they both the kids were happy to be there in the building. You know, we got, you know, taken care of, you know, Evan Turner, Andre Iguodala, they really looked out for us. Got the kids, you know, some autographed merchandise. They got to take photos with some of the players. So it was a really good time, man. We just got back, you know, earlier today and here we are on this podcast and, you know, I was getting in a little bit of trouble on that trip watching that Northwestern game while we were doing some sightseeing. <laughs> you know, but I had to support the Cats. And, you know, now we're here and we got the legend, Danny C's son, Drewski, on the podcast. This is what we all want to hear. How's it going overseas for you? What's new? We see on social media your parents were out there. How was that? Hey, man, I'm just trying to follow in y'all's footsteps, man. Y'all. You guys sound good. I'm 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 tuning in every week. I'm listening to what you guys have to say, and I'm trying to be like you guys when I grow hey, up. Man. Hey, we all grown like, now. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> A long way away oh, from I'm Burger King it. late at night. Shout out yeah. Sherman. <laughs> yeah. Shout out Sherman. <laughs> um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm out here in uh, in Italy, um, playing in my ninth uh, professional season overseas. And, uh, you know, life life is good for me. Uh, I'm thankful to still be playing basketball and, and doing what I love to do. Uh, I, I, I'm still playing. My, my body's getting older. I'm feeling a little bit older. It takes longer to warm up every game, mm-hmm. but, but I'm still hooping, and I'm, and I'm thankful every day to be doing that. So, you know, I've, and I've gotten the chance uh, to play against you, Juice, a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, We've played against each other and then getting ready to play against uh, John Sherna coming up tomorrow. So it's crazy how small this basketball world is. So, um, no, life is good. I'm, I'm happy and I'm enjoying uh, still playing and I'm enjoying following for sure. Cats. Prediction for hey, tomorrow. Make sure you tell Sherna. Please tell Sherna I own the one-on-one series against him. Remind him <laughs> of that. That'll probably get in his head make him miss a couple of shots. What's the prediction for tomorrow, Drew? You guys got a good chance? And then... Your points Ooh. versus Sherna's points over under. Who's who's taking who's taking home the crown there tomorrow too? Okay, I'm gonna say in this in this competition, Sherna's team is way better than okay. our team. 
We all we, in uh, in terms of this uh, in our Euro uh, Euro Cup competition, yep. we're in the same group. They're uh, they're eleven and three, and I'm not even gonna say our <laughs> record. But one of our but one of our wins is against Cherna. Okay. So so far on the year, I'm one and zero against Cherna. Go. So I'm taking I'm taking uh, my squad uh, uh, coming up. Okay. All right. We got to look all Euro back. And uh, and points uh, and points over under. I don't know. That's that's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot for I'm gonna shoot for the over under is at at 15, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be a good na- night for the cats, and we're both gonna be we're gonna both be at 15 or over. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. But we take the win. <laughs> there you go. That's most important. You got to get that W. You right, get the right. dub. Shern gets his too. We're we're all good. There you go. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. That's the that's the perfect night. We need to win. We need to win more than they do. Yeah, definitely. It's getting to that. Yeah, it's getting to that uh, tough part of the overseas season. So you know what you got to yeah. do. Take care of that body. Get that extra stretching in, and you know, be ready to go. Finish up strong, my man. Exactly. Exactly. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a it's a grind. It's it's crazy how long these seasons get. Like, you know, it's it's a full ten it's a full ten months. It's a long time to be away from home, yeah. and uh, especially down the stretch, it, it gets long. You miss home a little bit more. Body gets tired. The travel feels a little bit rougher. But you know, yeah. right? And on paper, right? With it seems like you play less games, right? In these European schedules, it seems like you play less games than you know another league such as the NBA, but. When you break it all down and you play all these other competitions, right, in season in different countries, it it adds up, right? All yeah. that all that extra travel you're traveling in between countries, uh, you know, sometimes multiple times yep. in a week. It that stuff can add up, man. And then, and you're not flying on on luxury jetliners like like these NBA guys are either. So you know, that could take a toll. Nope. For sure, it does. For sure, it's. It's tough, you know. I got my I got my neck pillow for every flight because I, I I I woke up with too many stiff necks on a on an airplane uh, on an airplane ride. Yeah, and you tall so too. I, my, I hope I you get my... that exit row. I know all the tall guys used to try to fight over that. <laughs> if I don't, I'm switching. I'm switching seats with the youngest guy on the team. If I don't yep. get my exit, there row. you go. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even be betting there money on the on the on the buses and and flights. That we'd be betting for for seat or seating arrangements. <laughs> playing cards, <laughs> playing cards for seating arrangements. Hey, there you go. Sometimes it's more valuable. Sometimes oh, it's more valuable than money. Mm-hmm. Like our flight, our flight tomorrow probably from Italy to the Canary Islands where Sharn is playing. Yeah, I want to say it's gonna be a, it's gotta be a five six hour flight, and we're lucky to have a direct say. flight there. You know, normally it's, normally it's uh, it's connections, but at least it's a direct flight. And, uh, you know, but it's a long trip. I thought you would have to stop in like Madrid or something like that or Barcelona in order to get down there. But yeah, yeah, usually, usually that's what we do. Wow. Well, good luck with that, my man. And now let's let's get into some stuff with the cats, my man. I'm sure you've all been keeping up. You know, we we dropped a close one against Penn State at home, which we felt, you know, we gave away. And then, you know, we had that big win yesterday on the road at Rutgers with our backs against the walls. So what do you guys think about those two games? Anything that stood out? You excited about anything going forward? What are you guys' thoughts on those last two games that we had? Yeah, I'll kick things off with the Penn State game, Juice. Uh, I think we, you know, 
obviously we talked about this leading into the game, right? Is it's an emotional night. We have a very, you know, senior led team. So, you know, the likes of Chase, Robbie, um, of course, Boo and Roy, you know, those four have been an integral part of, of our, our program over the last four or five years. So it's always an emotional day. It's always an emotional night. And sometimes that can get the best of you. We obviously didn't shoot the ball that well. Uh, we struggled from the field, but, you know, our defense held us in it as usual. I think we made a couple, a couple tough plays, uh, a couple mistakes leaving their shooters. And this is something I was concerned about, you know, heading into that game. They shoot the, they shoot the hell out of the ball and they can really spread you out and Pickett can really just get down in the lane and find people. I do like what we did with, with Pickett and really shadowing his right shoulder or his right hand, making sure that he had to turn over that, that right shoulder and play a lot with his left hand, which I think limited his scoring ability a little bit. You know, but if you look at it, at the end of the day, he still had 11 dimes. He was still able to get two feet in the paint and make plays and find shooters. And then I think it comes down to we just didn't make enough plays down the stretch. We had a couple plays where, you know, Boo shot some floaters that just rolled off the front rim. We had a chance at offensive rebounds, kind of fumbled, on, fumbled them out of bounds. And then, you know, down the stretch, you know, we just, weren't, we just weren't able to score. We had a lead, you know, four minutes to go, and we were getting stops. You know, we were getting stops. It just, you know, we just didn't execute down the stretch like we typically do or have, you know, over the course of the year. And in the end, they just made more plays. I think Boo said in his, in his post-game interview versus Rutgers, they took a really long look at that film and probably saw, you know, 40 plays where they made the wrong decision or didn't, you know, make the right rotation, something like that. And if they could just have five of those back where they changed the outcome, you know, we would have probably won that game handily. So, you know, we were able to, to take a look at the, at the film, go back to the drawing board and really put together a solid effort versus Rutgers. So it was a great bounce back for us after three, off a three-game losing streak. We could have easily cashed it in and say, you know what, we got our 11 wins. We had a you know, Cinderella season going. But in the end, you know, we really stuck to our calling card, which is toughness, energy, effort, and really put on a great show at the rack last night. Definitely. And, you know, pretty much kind of piggyback off what you said, you know, kind of like that tail of two half things that we talked yeah. about. You know, Pickett did a great job of facilitating and finding guys. No, we, he didn't score like he's capable of scoring. And I think we did a really good job of taking away his, you know, scoring abilities. And, you know, I want to give a shout-out to Brooks Barnheiser, though, who you've Have been to. really high on all season. He's really become yeah, that third consistent scoring option for us. What was he, five for five in the second half? Going crazy, coming off the bench, giving us that energy. And his play, you know, carried over to that game at the rack. As you see, you know, Boo was in some foul trouble early on. And, you know, the bench, they held it down for him. You know, Chase didn't have it going offensively, but Ty Berry stepped up. Even Matthew Nicholson had a career high, four blocks. In there getting – he's dunking yeah. everything off the lobs now. So, as a Boo. team, everybody's stepping up. And then you got to give credit to Boo. Even though he was in foul trouble, didn't have it going in the first half, for him to come back in the second half and take over down the stretch like he did with those 14 points and three threes, that was huge. <clears throat> and, you know, our backs was against the wall. Going into that game, it was a lot of pressure. Everything went the way we needed it to go. All the teams lost that we needed to lose. And we knew if we win, we get second place. If we lose, we're in ninth place. So that's, a, you know, a pressure situation in itself. You know, what are your guys' thoughts on that as players, you know, playing in college games, big games like that? 
What are your guys' thoughts on that? How do you prepare for something like that with all that pressure and everything going into it? Yeah, and if you if you even look at the the beginning of that game, Rutgers started off hot yeah. too with the with the off lob the, off, off the, the first tip. play of the game. Yeah. yeah, off the tip, I think it was uh, they went on a score run to start to start the game, and then I think we got in we we hit a big run mm-hmm. after that, and I don't think we ever gave up the lead. But you know, for sure, that's a high pressure game for for uh, Northwestern. You know, Rutgers didn't have as much to lose because it was, I think for them, it was eight versus nine seed, you know, but two versus nine is, mm-hmm. that's a crazy difference. So, and then coming off a, coming off a losing streak, like, uh, like we were, that was a, a high pressure game, but, you know, I think the, the cats did exactly what we needed to in terms of sticking to our guns, which is the defensive consistency, always uh, having that toughness, uh, helping each other out, everybody knowing their roles and playing the right way together. Uh, and I just want to say, I, like, the way that we trap the ball in the post, I don't think I've ever seen another basketball team Man. at any level do it as well as, as we right. do it. And it's it's unbelievable. We did it against, uh, we did it against uh, Purdue. We've done it against everybody, and it doesn't matter. And not only are the traps good, but the rotations are great. And, uh, you know, I think that's really impressive the way we do that. But, um, yeah, for us to, to come out, have a bad start to the game, but then respond. And uh, like you said, Juice, I think the biggest thing in this game was because uh, we all know it's been Chase and Booth that are, are the leaders of this team and the guys who have been running the team the whole year. To, uh, the game against Rutgers the other night, that was – everybody else's chance to step up, um, make the plays, and and take their opportunity to to do what we needed to do to win that game. And, you know, that that really, because we know we knew that uh, Chase and Boo can do it consistently. And in a night when they, uh, you know, okay, Boo got it going down the stretch, but uh, in a night when they their scoring production wasn't like it's been all season, to see guys like Brooks and Matt and Ty step up in one of the biggest games of the season was was great to see. And I think that's that's a great outlook for the rest of the season for us too, the way they're no I like what we got going towards the basket, right? It's like, you know, we weren't hitting shots. Neither yeah. team was, but I think we were the aggressor in terms of, of taking it to the rack. And, you know, Brooks was was fantastic. He has been that way for the last, he's like bald. the month that he's had, I mean, deserves national recognition, right? I mean, the, the stuff that he yeah. has done off the bench, I mean, he played 33 minutes or something like that last night. And, he's playing, yeah. yeah, and I mean, he play, he's playing starter minutes, right? It's like the, the old minutes, saying yeah. is like, it doesn't matter if you if start the game, it's who's, who's finishing the game, right? Who are your gamers? And he has quickly become, you know, that guy for us. Someone that we could trust with the ball in their hands, someone that is not making poor decisions, and someone that can really get downhill and start and score, his his body control. And he had ten rebounds. Yeah, ten rebounds, double double. Ten rebounds. I mean, yeah. the guy has been absolutely like Drew said, just been absolutely hooping, and you know it's it's serving us well heading into you know the toughest slate of the year, and you know it seems like when when some people are are declining right, when some people are getting tired, he's he's seeming to you know really increase his production. Uh, he's starting to get by people more, right? He, I think he's just 
playing a little bit quicker. You know, the game is slowing down, and he's using that nice first step that he has and that that good handle that he has to his advantage. And if he's stretching out a you know a bigger three man or you know a four that's going to have to guard him when we go on into that little bit of a smaller lineup, he is a mismatch and a half and has really been able to, to get downhill, make right decisions, whether it's getting to that little turnaround jumper he likes, getting all the way to the rack, uh, or yep. using his facilitating ability to get others involved. So I've been really impressed with this play, play all year, but especially over the last month. Definitely. And once a couple of stats, you know, I got to point out, you know, I'm, I'm big with the stats. You know what, we're 12-0 and 0 now this season when we out-rebound the opposing team. And, you know, we're 20 and one when we hold teams under 64 points. So like you guys been saying, you know, our bread and butter is our defense. We keep that going into the Big Ten Conference Tournament and the NCAA Tournament. We're going to be more than fine and make this deep run. We're a tough out. We're a tough out. We got that bag. We got that bag of plays, too. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Especially you talk about the, the tournament runs. You know, these the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament are games that kind of tend to be high pressure and, you know, teams are a little bit tighter. And and that's kind of the games that we thrive in is the, the defensive battles and, and holding teams to, like you said, Juice, that, that stat is unbelievable, holding teams under 64 points. And I think in, the, in these tournaments we'll have – We'll have some games like that. So I think that plays to our strength. Definitely. And like you said, you know, the guys got to step up, you know, Ty Berry, Matthew Nicholson. That's going to be huge for us in those tight pressure situation games. We're going to need, you know, everybody's going to be by committee. We all know Chase and Boo are going to have the ball in their hands. But in those tournament games, you know, everyone's keying in on them. They got the scouting reports. Not that much time if you, you know, advance, plan the next day in a Big Ten conference tournament. Or in the NCAA tournament, you got, you know, those short windows of preparation. So I think that's really good for other guys to step up and get that confidence going into this tough stretch. For sure. And speaking of national mm-hmm. accolades, Juice, uh, I want you to, to comment on this. Some some news out of, uh, you know, out of the, the team today is that Boo was named, uh, you know, a Koozie Award finalist, which is a, a top five point guard in the country. Unbelievable. You know, so yeah. his his well magical deserved. season continues to um, come to fruition. And obviously all the hard work that you've seen him put in in the offseason, working out with him. Um, you've seen him get in the gym with, with his brother, Taylor Battle, and really just step into this leadership role. So he's not only being a leader on the, you know, in the locker room, but, you know, it's translating to the floor as well with – you know, the ability to bounce back from a first half that he had, which was very uncharacteristic, right? He, you know, had a couple turnovers early, had a couple silly fouls, and was felt like he was really out of it. His teammates then, you know, stuck by his side. You know, he's been there to pick him up for the rest of the, like for the majority of the year. It was their turn to pick him up. Um, so I think that just shows his leadership ability there. And then his team was like, yo, but we, we got your back, right? And then... You know, come down the stretch when we really needed some buckets. He had some some big time threes in the second half. Got to the rack, yeah. made a nice and one, and and really uh, iced the game away for us. So you know, obviously a tremendous accolade, top five point guard in the country is deserving that national recognition, and I think is a you know solidified into that first team All Big Ten as well, which is a tremendous honor. Definitely, congratulations to him. I mean, I really hope he wins that award. You know, we. The cats all around. We got Chase, defensive, you know, player of the year, you know, finalist. 
Coach Collins, he's in the in the running for you know national coach of the year. Definitely, he should get Big Ten coach of the year after the season that he's had with this team. Staying resilient, staying tough, keeping the guys focused night in and night out, and especially after being projected to finish 13th in the conference, and then we come out and finish second. That's an unbelievable feat, and that just goes, you know, that's a testament to their hard work and their belief in themselves. But, you know, as they've been saying in the media and everything, they're not done. They're hungry. It's a special, historic season, and we're all expecting it to continue to go further. And with that, you know, we got the Big Ten Conference Tournament coming up. We can draw either Penn State or Illinois, two teams that recently beat us, and we kind of feel like we gave those games away in the second half because of some little simple mistakes that we felt as though we can fix. How do you guys feel about that? Are you any particular draw you want from that that matchup, or who would you like to see us play? Who just? I'm sorry, I missed the juice. You said it's Penn State or, or Illinois. So they'll play Thursday, and then you know we'll draw them Friday since we got that you know that double bye, which is something we we're not used to getting in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah, yeah, highest highest seed ever for us, and that's uh, that's mm-hmm. great to see. That's great to see. It's exciting. Yeah. Um, but I like the um, I like the way that we played against uh, Illinois in the first game when we uh, when we beat them at home early on in the uh, early on in the season. You know, I think. Uh, I think we uh, we match up well, and um, I think our guys, you know, I think we kind of feel that extra little uh, extra little push when it's against Illinois, you know, the in-state rival, mm-hmm. and I think that'll be a fun environment uh, to to play in. So I think uh, I think I would love to see that matchup. But that's me saying as a fan, but also I think we do match up well. It would be at the U- it, I mean Friday night game Northwestern versus Illinois at the UC. Whoo! Players will be popping off. That should off. be a good one. So definitely should. Yeah, be. as yeah. a fan, Drew, I'm with you, right? Like, that's I think that's what everybody wants to see as a fan of the conference. Now, in terms of of matchups, I I, I don't mind either of them. Uh, I'm scared of Penn State at home just by the way they they shoot the three. Um, but their splits have been so uh, so mismatched on the road or in neutral sites. Uh, you know. In terms of advancing, I think we had we would have a better shot against them. Uh, but again, at the same time, they're mm-hmm. hungry. They're still on that bubble. They're like the last team in right now, uh, so they still have a lot to play for. You know, we're already solidified in, and you know, if they picked up that last win against us, well, it would be two wins. They'd win against Illinois, then versus us, they'd be a, a shoe in as well. So uh, I always fear the hungry team as well. Um, yeah. And then in terms of our matchup yeah. with Illinois, you know, we've played three really strong halves against them. You know, we obviously took care of business at home and then came out firing at Illinois and then, you know, kind of had a, a, a shift in the second half against Illinois. They really popped us. They did. We let their guys do what they do well. We, got, we let Terrence Shannon get downhill to his left hand, which is where he's unstoppable. They, they turned us over. They got out in transition and got easy baskets. So, you know, I, I think in a neutral site game uh, where, you know, we've been very good, I, I think either way we're in, we're in really good position to get to the semifinals uh, of the Big Ten, the Big Ten tournament. So that, since our first time and since 2017, which is where the last time we made our tournament run. Yeah, I like that. I agree with both. You know, for my take, I would love to see us against Illinois as a fan and, you know, 
just watching Northwestern and supporting them. You know, that atmosphere should be really nice, should be electric in there. And we've done a great job of playing in front of those crowds this year. And, you know, as a, we've been talking about Boo Booey as, a, you know, Bob Cousy Award finalist. I understand, you know, as a competitor, you all know how that is. He had that big game against Illinois last game. You know, we let that one slip away. But, you know, there were some talks in the media about how they kind of slowed him down towards the end of that second half. And as a competitor, you know, you remember games like that and things like that. So I would like to see that and see him really come out and have a big game against them and get that win to go to the semifinals. For sure. And speaking of big games in the Big Ten Tournament, Juice, uh, I think you had one of those against Minnesota at one point in your career. Uh, Don't let Boo get 35, though, because that record might get broken. Hey, if, if someone should beat it, it, it should definitely be him. It should definitely be a wildcat. I would love to see him break it. And, you know, I still remember that game to this day, you know, sharing the court with you two. And it was just a good day. I just remember waking up. I felt good. And first shot went in. And you all know once you're playing, once that first shot goes in, it just does something to you psychologically. And we, we had a lot to play for. We were trying to make it to the NCAA tournament. We knew we would draw Ohio yep. State next. And you remember at home, we felt like we let that one slip yep. away. And they were the number one team right. in the country. So it was just a good game. And, you know, I made some shots, but you all did, you know, a tremendous job of putting me in the right spots, drawing, kicking, finding me, you know, keeping me confident. So it was a great game. And, you know, I'm excited to still have that record. But, you know, if someone should beat it, I definitely want to see someone from Northwestern. Yeah, it's 33, right, Juice? Yeah. 35. 35. Oh, it's 35. My bad. My bad. Hey, yeah, my bad. 35. But, hey. Honestly, with the rims at Conseco and those hard-ass TF-1000 basketballs, you probably would have scored 45. Right, right, Dude, right out the right box. Out the bo- <laughs> I forgot Man, about those. Balls. Those balls weren't broken in. You know, you, There was nobody dribbling those for a week or practicing with mm-hmm. them. Those balls were fresh out of the box, and we were playing with them. Uh, we were playing with them. The brokest shoot-arounds or warm-ups fresh we've ball. ever had, literally. Ever. Like, we just like what is going on in here, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I've seen I've seen it a few times when Juice gets that bounce in his step though. That boy can't be stopped. That can't that boy can't be stopped. I remember Saturday Saturday morning pickup games. Oh man! All right, you had that ball had that ball in your left hand. Mm-hmm. You know, had that hesitation. You didn't know if it's a pull up <laughs> or if it's a drive and with the with the signature floater. But you know, it was uh, that was a great memory watching you. Uh, being on the court with you when you were uh, putting on that performance, that historical performance. Appreciate it, man. Now, me and Alex talk about it all the time. You know, I always bring up senior night. I know he says that's the only guy I remember, but, you know, of course I remember like North Carolina State when you got that tech and then you came back, you know, knocking down threes and everything. But, you know, that senior night sticks out because you really, you know, I was in there crying. I couldn't make a shot. You stepped up. But then also, Drew, you had so many big games so many. as well. As a freshman, you know, we beat Purdue, the crowd rushed the court, you made big plays down the stretch. Oh man, just so many memories sharing the court with you too then. You know, we got our off the court stuff too. You know, like we talked about Sherman, the BK guy from Burger King, late nights. Sometimes we just went in there just to laugh and have fun. We weren't even hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I I just gotta tell the the summer when we came the summer when Alex and I were freshmen, so the summer before our freshman year. Juice was the guy that yeah. took care of us, man. Oh, we man. went everywhere with Juice in that summer. You know, we were uh, we would sit. It was Juice driving, Kyle Riley in the passenger seat. <laughs> Shout out Kyle, and me and Al in the back seat. 
And we we rode everywhere together, whether we, whether we were going to play a summer yeah. league game, uh, yes. whether we were going to kick it at Loyola Park, or whether we were just driving through the city, seeing Juice's friends. Yeah, we you know, everywhere. we were always listening to good music, seeing good people. And uh, those are some memories. You know, that was kind of me and Al's introduction, in introduction into Northwestern. And, and we, uh, you know, we always appreciated it, but we, Man, we had a lot of good uh, memories, especially right. in that first man. summer. Man, yeah, we we really got after it, man. We took care of our business on the court, but we made sure we had our fun, and you know, we stayed out of trouble. That's that's oh, yeah. the most important thing. We didn't get in any trouble. So. Always, that's always. What it's all yeah, about, no, man. man it, that's yeah. what it's all about. It, it, Definitely, I'm grateful for both of you. And then, yeah, just to piggyback off what Drew said, Juice, you were like an integral part of you know welcoming us to the team, right? Like. We didn't, we didn't know anybody, right? We had been on our recruiting visits and obviously had signed our letters, but uh, stepping on campus, you, you know, immediately made us comfortable and, and felt a part of the program. Uh, so, you know, that was your leadership style, right? Like you were, a, you know, you were a jokester and, you know, you, you, were, you were fun <laughs> off the court, but when it, when it came down to it, you know, you showed us how to work hard too. You were always in the gym. You were always like one yeah. of the first to, to get to the gym and one of the last to leave. So, you know, that was really instilled in us. And then I, you know, they've been showing some some seasons, you know, some of Northwestern's most successful seasons, you know, in history lately. And, you know, us three have, were a part of, of two of those, two out of those five. Um, you know, so I, I think, mm -hmm. you know, we obviously have a lot to be grateful for, but, you know, the work that us three put in as well as, you know, the rest of the squad, you know, is, is nothing to, you know, something to write home about and obviously, you know, I like to think that we have instilled that in the, you know, the, the future generations, because obviously, you know, some of the, the comedy uh, recruits did trickle into Chris Collins. Drew, obviously, you being, you know, the first to be, you know, a real part of that um, and kind of continuing mm -hmm. what we had built, uh, you know, in that, you know, 2008 to 2014 era. Right. Yeah. And likewise, man, you know, yeah, I appreciate sure. you guys. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. You yeah. know, that's that's what it's about. You know, we're a team. We're going to spend, you know, four years together. You know, you got to make it like family. And, you know, that's pretty much what it was. You know, now, mm -hmm. you know, Alex, we see you at the game. My kids running up to you talking stuff. Drew, <laughs> we see you in the summers at the barbecues. And, you know, those relationships Always. that you build in college, it just continues to develop and become even stronger into your adulthood. So, these relationships with you two guys and everyone else from the Wildcat family, things you know you can't take for granted. And I'm very grateful for it. And you know, like you just talked about with Drew, you know, it's, it's his dad too, Danny C. We got to talk about him yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> but also, Drew, you know, you were one of the people that you know got to play with Carmody and Coach Collins. So that was something I wanted to ask you about with your decision to stick around and stay. How was that? Obviously, it went well because I remember you had that big game at Wisconsin. And, you know, when I was watching, I'm like, man, we can never win at Wisconsin at the Cold Center. And Drew is in here going crazy like he's capable of doing. <laughs> so what was that like to make that decision to stay at Northwestern, play for Collins, and obviously get those buckets the way you've been continuously getting them overseas too? <laughs> yeah, you know, that was – that was. Uh, I look back on that decision and I'm, and I'm still so happy that I made the decision to stay at Northwestern. You know, it was – it was – it was a, especially an atmosphere in terms of the people, um, in terms of the, the school, the people, the community, everything about it, my teammates, coaches, everything. 
And then with Coach Collins coming in and getting the chance to know him when I when I chose to stay, I saw his vision for the for the program and the things that he he had to say about it. And he talked about being a bridge, uh, being one of the first uh, teams to be a bridge of the new Northwestern basketball era. And for me, that sounded like a special thing to be a part of. So for me to see the Cats doing so well now and to see Coach Collins um, having this success really makes me feel good because I feel really uh, a part of it, just like all of us should feel a part yeah. of it because we help bridge the gap for this for this next generation. And, um, you know, I was I was really thankful to have my my one year uh, playing with Coach Collins. And in that one year, I learned so many things about uh, one, about the game and two, about how to be a leader. And, um, you know, those those memories, those experiences that I had um, really changed me as a person and, and as a basketball player. And, and it's really helped me in my professional career, the things that I learned from Coach Collins. And and we still stay in touch now. And he even says that uh, his, the team this year um, reminds him a little bit of the, the season that I that I played for uh, him at Northwestern. Um, I think those, those, those guys obviously now are a little bit more talented than we, we, uh, than we were um, offensively. But he said defensively, uh, we, had a, we had a tough team. Uh, so, you know, so looking back on those days, it's good memories. And I was happy to, uh, to kind of be that bridge year between, uh, between the old era and the new era of Northwestern basketball. Yeah. Now we old now. We we in our thirties. You know, we we the alumni yeah. now. This we can't even get out there and run up and down with these young guys now. Let's let's wind back the clock. I though. get all these donations. Let's wind back the clock though. I, I got a question for both of you. Um, and Drew, you obviously were able to stay in a fifth year just due to injury, but now with with nil, right? This is a, it's a huge thing. And now Boo and Chase and Robbie. Um, all have COVID years that they can exercise to come back. If you were given that opportunity uh, to come back to school for, for one more year and obviously get paid now and get, get that NIL bag, is that something that you would do rather than, let's just say, start your career overseas? Um, you know, I had a pretty short-lived uh, overseas career, but you all have had a substantial, you know, 9, 10, 11 seasons would you exercise that year and take advantage of that NIL bag uh, that you would get now uh, in retrospect? Me, I, I would go back in a heartbeat. Those four years were the best years of my life. And I mean, you hear it all the time. It might sound cliche, but it really is. Once you get there and experience, like, you know, meeting guys like you two, Sherna, everybody else that we play with, for us to still keep in touch, play at the level in which we played at, make those memories on and off the court. Those are things that you really, you know, money can't buy. And yes, you know, had successful careers overseas playing, but it doesn't compare to, you know, being at Northwestern University. And for me, being a Chicago guy, I grew up 10 minutes away from there. So having family and friends, I would go back in a heartbeat and then that's, you know, cherry on top of it, you know, getting paid with that NIL and the way well it is now, Oh yeah. man, you, we can, you know, we could we could have made so many so many more memories and you know got our part of it. So for me personally, I would have went back with no hesitation. I think we would have had Burger King deals. 
Oh, yeah. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> they got Epic Burger now. We would have had Burger King deals. Burger Epic. King. Burger King. Burger King. King. Burger King and Walk, yeah. You know? What about you, Drew? What, <laughs> you, what are your thoughts on it? I think I'm I'm with I'm with Juice. I'm with Juice. I would I would have uh, I would have come back for sure. Uh, you know, I did I I did come back for a fifth year, um, so I, I made a decision to come back once. And and considering uh, uh, considering that the NIL deals that that guys are getting now, like Juice said, that's a cherry on top. And one, I think it's well deserved. Uh, they got a back you know, the way that guys are able to be compensated for the hard work work that they that they put in. Um, so to be in college, to be getting uh, paid to play basketball like you like you deserve, um, because it's a talent. It's something that you you're giving to uh, to the public. Um, you know, I would I would come back too, and in, in another year with my guys, you know, that means more than more than anything. Money aside. Another year with my guys. That's uh, that's really what the where it's a great feeling. Yeah. But grant, granted, you also have to weigh in factors of your professional career. You know, you have to. You know, at that time, you you're talking to your agent. You have to hear um, the outlook of you know draft prospects or overseas prospects or you know combine um, NBA pre-draft workouts. So all of those things. Uh, will come into play too. So I think that's uh, something that all those guys are going to have to weigh. Um, you know, speaking with their agents and their families, and I hope all of them have good guidance in terms go. of uh, in terms of that decision that they need to make. Yeah, and to go more on what I was saying, my my situation was when I came out of college, it was that NBA lockout year. So a lot of those NBA guys were going mm-hmm. overseas. So I didn't sign too late because there weren't that many jobs available. That's right. And, you know, I didn't have that's the right. greatest situation with my first agent. So that's also another reason why it was a no-brainer for me because of that NBA lockout. But, you know, when it really comes down to it, it was just the friendships, the fun, the situation at Northwestern. If I could have got a fifth year, I would have really, really enjoyed my time there for the fifth year. But also I would like to see, you know, get get these players educated on financial literacy and really how to take care of their money because these guys are – 18, 19, 20 years old with large sums of money, making more money than a lot of adults do. Yeah. And, you know, even adults in their 30s, 40s, some of them really don't know how to manage that money. So I would really like to see for these guys really learn about investing and doing things with their money so they're not just out here, oh, okay, I got this amount of money. I'm going to go spend it and buy this or that because, you know, that money doesn't last forever. The amount that you make, you're not going to make yeah. it up for the rest of your life. So I would really like to see them get educated on that. Yeah. And uh, Alex, what about you? Would you go back? What's your thoughts on that? I would have gone back in a, in a New York minute, man. I, I would have gone back <laughs> yeah. in a second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing that, that compares to, you know, going out and, and playing at, you know, the Breslin Center, going on the road and playing at IU. You know, growing up in Big Ten country, you know, it was always a dream of mine to, to play in the Big Ten. So... You know, being able to be provided that platform and be able to do it for years um, and then potentially an additional year and, uh, you know, and set myself up for, for future success monetarily as well. It would have been a no brainer for me. I, I really think that. 
And then something that I like that Northwestern is doing, you know, with the, you know, True NU Collective and their NIL portion is their ability to give back to the community, right? And show the community that these athletes are, are more than athletes, right? They're more than revenue drivers. They're people that, they're, they're people, right? They're people that care. They're gonna be out in the community helping um, and really giving back and using their platform um, and this opportunity to their full advantage. So I, I really think that, you know, that's important. And then the next evolution, something that you talked about, Juice, is, you know, how do we set these athletes up for future success? How do we teach them how to, you know, live like adults, right? You, you have, uh, you know, you have money now, you have responsibilities, you have, um, you know, potentially family coming on board or, you know, different types of influences that weren't around you previously. Um, how do you weed out the good from the bad? And, you know, how do you set yourself up for even more success in the future? So I think that's the next iteration of NIL. And, you know, hopefully we have those parameters in place, which I'm sure we do with, you know, our leadership and, you know, from the university down. Uh, you know, I think that's the next thing that really needs to be, you know, discussed and addressed as a program. But uh, obviously, I, you know, to make a, a long, a long way to answer uh, sound shorter, I would be back. No problem. I guess we he's back. There we go. <laughs> hey, we got to make a comeback. They need to set up an alumni game or something so we can all get out there and play or something. Ooh, if you had these yeah, knees. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get in that cold tub. They got to bring back those Gatorade shooter shakes, man. Oh, man. The originals. Dude, I, mean, I remember I used to come out of there with book bags full of those things, man. Dorm room or the yeah. apartment, refrigerator full of them. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, the whole thing. Chocolate only. are the Chocolate are the I original would, shooter he, shakes. Um, and I would, I would oh, come yeah. out like it was a boom box on my shoulder with a whole case of them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Take, them to the, <laughs> take them to the crib. We got athletes. sometimes you 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 could you could skip meals just drinking those protein drinking one of that and one of those little protein bars. I'm not a so breakfast yeah, guy. Athletes. I'm not a breakfast yeah. guy. I had shooter shakes for four years. That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> we got Alex the the Gatorade shake crook, and then we got Drew eating all the food, man. <laughs> all the food. I want to be at every barbecue. Invite me. Barbecue team meals. This dude Drew going up <laughs> a third and fourth place. Like man, we just finished the first one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude those were the times man always <laughs> there we go so then we got NCAA tournament coming up how do you guys feel because I know you guys like Drew you brought up the how we trap and you've never seen nothing like it me and Alex talked about it last pod why do teams throw the ball in the post against us you know what's going to happen one or two things is it going to be yeah. a steal or that pass is going to be delayed getting deflected sometimes they're able to get it out but those traps are unreal can't replicate you got an ncaa tournament yeah. you can't replicate yeah. it in practice it's just one of those things right like and what i've seen lately is we're, we're we're coming from a bunch of different ways like sometimes we're coming from the baseline even you know a lot of times it's come from the middle and in the middle but yesterday yeah. we came from the baseline a few times and i think it caught guys by surprise um and was maybe out of their peripheral and then, you know, in terms of trapping, it's like how many bigs in college are, you know, extremely good passers? You know, you're not playing against, you know, highly skilled, you know, European bigs all the time that um, see the floor like Jokic or, you know, have the ability to, to make passes over strong traps. So I think we're going to continue to do it. Obviously, it's gotten to this 
to, to where we are. And it's just one of those things that is going to be tough to prepare for, especially, you know, if we get to that second game or, the, you know, if we get to the weekend, you know, you have a day to prepare for that type of trap. Yeah. Not something that can be replicated in a shoot around, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And one one thing I noticed one thing I noticed uh, against Rutgers also is they they weren't just posting the bigs they tried to post uh, some of the wings some of the guards you know against uh, against Boost against some of our our smaller guards and something new I saw was a lot of the times the trap was coming from uh, was coming from Big Matt yeah. Nicholson and you know to be a guard trying to play in the post and have the five man yeah, running at you that's different. seven footer with his hand with his hands out that's that's tough to play around mm -hmm. so you know that was that was really impressive to see uh the way he moved and into rotating with the traps as well uh, and also I, I i i love the way he hedges i just have to say that the way he hedges ball screens he's out there sending guards to the half court uh defensively and then still getting back to his man in the paint uh i really love his game and the way he plays yeah wow that's a good point now i had one other question i saw on the i think it was illinois podcast they were talking about how with our big 10 conference tournament it's one of the last ones to end and after the championship you know selection sunday is right away and we really don't get you know a lot of time to recover rest and get prepared for the ncaa tournament with our schedule, you know, we had COVID and we missed some games. We had back-to-back-to-back games. Do you guys feel like that's going to be an issue for us down the stretch in the NCAA tournament? Coming from, you know, the Big Ten Conference tournament, obviously we want us to make a deep run. Yes, we got a double bye, but do you think that can kind of weigh in on things for us as we move down later on, longer on into March? I think it can. I thought it was a great point by Bill. I saw, I saw the same thing, Juice. Uh, I thought it was a great point, and it, it makes a lot of sense, you know, when you look at historical data of, like, how the Big Ten has performed in right. in the NCAA tournament. I, don't, I think our, our last national champion is in 2000 or something like that with that? Michigan, Michigan State. State. Maryland won one yeah. a couple of years later, but they were in the ACC at the time. And, you know, us, you know, ending at 3 o'clock Eastern and then having to travel – uh, you know, in a couple days time and then go play, I think takes a toll. And then if you look at it and if you're one of those teams that is in the first four, like Michigan could potentially be, if they, you all know, can make a run in this tournament, you know, they could be playing six games in 10 days or something, something crazy. Right. So, I mean, I think it, it is, you know, it's obviously for TV, right? Like it's, it's all about money and, and broadcasting and right. television revenue, having that sole time slot for the Big Ten. And obviously it's one of the, the most followed conferences, uh, if not the most followed conference in the country. So I get why it's there. Um, but at the same time, I do think it is a little bit of a disadvantage to teams that are ending their conference tournaments on a Friday, a Saturday, or, you know, you look at some of these mid-majors, they'll be done by Wednesday or Thursday this week. So there is a lot of time to rest, recover for some of these teams. Whereas, you know, if you're a Big Ten team, probably one of the higher seeds that makes it to, you know, the weekend, you could, again, you could be playing a lot of games in a short amount of time. And that does stack up because these are highly competitive games. You know, a lot of the time they're close, they're, you know, grinded out ball games. And, you know, that stuff takes a toll. Especially this late in the season yeah. too. You know, those little nagging injuries, they can linger, can turn into yeah. something different. And then like you said, you know, we don't have that much time to prepare. 
which can also be an advantage for us because of the way we trap and play defense and we know who our guys are. But that was one one thing as, you know, athletes, former athletes, or Drew, you're still playing. And, you know, I wanted to see you guys' opinion on that. And obviously we've had success during that stretch. When we had that tough schedule after COVID, we've showed that we can bounce back right away and win and compete in games. But, you know, now it's getting to the middle of March, towards the end of March, April. You know, it can really start to really take a toll. So I wanted to see your guys' thoughts on that because some other people in the Big Ten Conference felt that we were somewhat at a disadvantage with that. Yeah, and I would say, uh, you know, one thing that I feel like benefits us in terms of the fatigue and uh, injuries and things like that um, is that the way that we're able to rotate guys, you know, we, Coach Collins does a great job of putting his trust in, in all the players that play. Uh, he knows he knows on certain nights uh, he knows who who's got it going he knows the right rotations he knows the right time to give guys a breather when chase when boo need a breather obviously those are our main go-to guys and they're going to play the most minutes but he the way he's rotating and and uh, and bringing guys in at the right time is is really great and I think we have a we have a deep team because guys coming off the bench even even uh even the young guys, when Martinelli comes in the game, he know he knows his role. All the all the guys on the team, they know their role. They know what the team needs from them to do. And our team is so unselfish that um, guys know what they need to do when they're when they're in the game, and that gives us the ability to play uh, to play more guys, to have a longer bench, and. You know, at the end of the day, that helps with fatigue. If we can split the minutes a little bit and give guys breathers, that that helps a lot. Yeah, and and Chase coming into his own a little bit as a ball handler this year and and being able to play the one, I think has given Boo a little Mm -hmm. bit of uh, an opportunity to catch some some breaks. And then, Drew, I think you hit it spot on with Coach Collins' rotations. He is a mastermind of getting guys an extra minute, minute and a half around the media timeouts. Uh, you know, typically yeah. mm-hmm. what we've seen is like, okay, there's, you know, say there's like dead ball is like age 45 and we're going, and, you know, and it's, you know, the other team's rock going the other way. You hear that buzzer sound and boo will come out, right? Cause they'll get that 45 seconds. They'll get a defensive possession off and then, you know, oh. they'll get the media timeout that's coming up next at ball. I think he's done a really masterful job of managing minutes that way where it may seem like, Boo and Chase are playing 35, 36 minutes a game, but they're getting extended rests because he's been able to, you know, get them an extra minute or two around those media timeouts. Dude, that was a great, Mm -hmm. great, great analysis. Great to break that down. And then obviously, Drew, you know, you played for him, so you really got to understand and see those rotations and how he thinks. So I think that was pretty cool. That's a, that's some great insight, man. Look at you. Got the coaching future coming up, Drewski. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I just want to. I want to finish. Uh, I want to finish playing first. But yeah, I don't know. I, I love bas- I love basketball. I love the game. So who knows? I thought you were getting story. into officiating as long as you can, man. <laughs> man, I tried it. I tried it. My dad. My dad tried to get me into officiating. I was. Uh, I was in high school, and uh, you know, started with refing little kids' games, and you know what? Those parents are killers. 
You know, you you make a you make a bad call, those parents kill you. I was like, man, I don't know if I can handle this pressure from a, a third grader uh, and and their coaches and parents. So yeah. you know, referee and I don't know. I I'd rather shoot pressure free throws than make a than make a pressure uh, call on the as an official. I feel that. Got it. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah, Drew, we appreciate you hopping on this episode with us. Got the legendary Drewski on the episode. Danny C's son, Danny Crawford's son, who refereed some legendary NBA games. Good luck in the game tomorrow. You and Sherna stay healthy, finish out the season. And, you know, let's continue to root for these cats as we make this, you know, this push for a Big Ten Conference Championship and this run for the NCAA Tournament Championship. Dude, I love that sweater. You guys got some vintage stuff. I gotta, I gotta step my game up. Oh yeah. Oh, and you all day, baby. Go. <laughs> go cats. Second place, baby. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you guys for having me. You know, it's a pre- pleasure always kicking it with y'all, keeping up with y'all, and you know, I'm happy to see you guys doing well. And Likewise. I'm excited to kick it this summer, as sure. always. Yeah, man. I'm sure I see you random. You guys randomly out some nights like we did before in the past summers. <laughs> Catch it up at food places or, you know, some other extracurricular activities that we like to partake in. That's right. Shout out to the people at New Amendment. Where 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 can you catch us at, Alex? Where 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 are we located with the podcast? Everywhere you get your podcast. You can catch the video version on YouTube. You catch us on Apple Music, Spotify, check us out on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, check us out at the live event coming up uh, at Over Under Sports Bar from three to seven. Uh, on Friday, March Friday, 10th well, as well. March 10th. Uh, that'll be lit. Uh, so, yeah, catch us wherever you, you, you get your podcast episodes. We appreciate all you. Uh, and as always, go Cats. Drew, thanks for joining us. Appreciate okay. you, bro. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.